This is Lego Football. You're with David Farini once again on the Lego Football Podcast. We've got Adriano Del Monte for part two of this interview. We've already covered the Azzurri. Now let's talk Serie A, Serie B and UEFA Champions League. If you'd like to listen to episode one, rewind, head back to the previous podcast. Let's get straight back into it, discuss Serie A, Champions League and more. Let's move on to the UEFA Champions League. And here's a positive we get to speak about. Italy hasn't done this well since, I think it's 2005. Three teams in the quarterfinals. There's three more in the other competitions, Europa League and Conference League. Is this a spike in Italian football or simply an anomaly with Napoli being so potent at the moment? Look, I think it's a, I think it's a very refreshing surprise. I, I certainly did not forecast this this season. Obviously, Napoli, the Napoli story, no one saw coming to this level. The, the fact that now they are, well, they, they certainly have to be favoured to make the UEFA Champions League final is just incredible. It's a wonderful story, but it's not only Napoli, is it? Because there are currently five other teams in the quarterfinals of their respective European competitions. And we'll, we'll start in the Champions League. Milan and Inter, what that does for this city here is in Milan where I where I live is just remarkable. It's obviously the two clubs that have won the last two championships in Italy to be performing at that level and into a quarterfinal where obviously we haven't seen them both together for many, many, many years. It's just remarkable. The fact that if they both win the quarterfinal, they will meet in a semi-final would be an all-time classic, no doubt about that. They're wonderful stories, equally as wonderful as Napoli. So really great to see. Obviously, Juve and Roma in the Europa League, different tales. Juve, obviously, off the back of elimination in the Champions League, which obviously that's a big disappointment. That was very poor by their standards. Roma and Mourinho, look, they could make another European final. I've got no doubt about it. So could Juve if they can get their act together. So there is the chance we could see an all-Italian final in the Europa League. And Fiorentina, for me, in the Conference League, they have to be the favourites to win that competition. So I think if you look at it on the surface, Lazio are disappointing that they're out because they certainly, for me, were the favourites in the Conference League. But yes. I think we could see three European finals with at least one Italian club in each final. If you look at it there absolutely incredible campaign the question is then what happens next and this is where i have my doubts because has this good fortune these good results come out of good planning out of a bit of luck out of the fact that maybe some other clubs haven't been at their best the fact it's a world cup year i don't know but what i would like to see off the back of this success is that they continue this momentum and that this isn't just a one-off. And that, again, as we discussed with the national team, that comes down to the clubs, the league, the federation, investment, marketing, media, everything pushing in the right direction. And until this happens across the board, Italian football will continually fluctuate. And I'm really enjoying this high at the moment, but it needs to be sustained, maintained and continue at this level. And I will judge what happens off the back of this season when we get to next season and we see can a Fiorentina who potentially win a European trophy bring in a couple of players and really unearth themselves and bring themselves back amongst the very best do Juve what do Juve do off the back of a potential Europa League triumph what do Roma do what do what does Mourinho do where do Inter and Milan go after good runs in the Champions League obviously Napoli will be a wonderful story no matter what the case is but 
there again, there are still too many questions for me to determine where these successes come from. Will we be successful long term? But certainly it's a great step in the right direction and a very refreshing one, as I said as well. And I guess that's what keeps it interesting, the beauty of not knowing, but you're absolutely correct. Consolidation is what it's all about. The Italian clubs, they need to capitalize on this as they used to, instead of being a passenger, just sitting there and watching what the rest of the leagues do, what the other big clubs do around Europe and waiting for them to catch up and overtake. We've seen that in the past. Maybe now it's a tug of war where Italian teams collectively, we've got six there, surely the weight of force there must pull it back towards Serie A a little bit. And, you know, Napoli, fantastic story. I show a little bit of bias when it comes to Napoli because I've been a fanboy for so long. But it is a great story there. We haven't seen such potency at an Italian club for about a decade. You know, those kind of fantasista roles with Quadratskelia. We've got an absolute bomber up forward with Victor Osimhen. Did Napoli get lucky this season or was this another masterclass by the Napoli sporting directors as we've seen over the past 15 years, and also Aurelio De Laurentiis, because we've seen what he's done in Serie B with Bari now as well. He's cultivated another successful club down in the third division, brought them up to second division. Is this a masterclass by the Napoli sporting directors? Look, I think it's a combination of everything. I think with Napoli, no one would have predicted this. Yeah, that's just not possible. But I think it's a coming together and good timing of masterminds, experts, top, top tier talent and quality across the board, just meeting at the right time. And as a result, they are really maximizing the the full potential of this group, the squad, the club, everything. And it's a full credit to everyone who's really worked wonders with the best story in world football, club football, at least anyway, this season, no doubt about it. Can they go on and do it all? Well, time will tell, but I don't think this season will be viewed in any negative way, even if they were eliminated in in the Champions League quarterfinals, given what they've been able to achieve. But what they have been able to achieve off the back of, obviously, the key signings have played a large part. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in football. And obviously, there have been some stories with Kvartskelia and some of the other signings, Kim and and others that have come in and really made their mark that Napoli have had their eyes on them for, for some time. And that's that's just incredible commitment to, to scouting and incredible attention to detail across the board that Napoli have been in this position now and have been able to really put themselves in a position where they are the story of world football. But as I said, it's a fairy tale, wonderful, but I would like to see it not become a fairy tale. I would like to see them become this is the level that Napoli are. This is who Napoli are. It's not that this is a one-off. This needs to be Napoli now going forward. And yes, the offers will come for particularly Ossiman, Kvaratskelia, we know that. But this needs to be the standard that Napoli set now for the club going forward. And again, that needs to apply to Italian football across the board because you see it now. We know obviously 15, 20, 25 years ago, Italian football right up there with the very best, if not the best in world football. Clubs were feared. If there were three Italian clubs in the Champions League quarterfinal, that was the norm. Fast forward to now, it it's viewed by other leagues as if it's a novelty that, oh, Italian clubs like they're they they feel they sense that it's not the strongest league. They feel they sense that these clubs are not what they once were. So they're jumping on board the underdog story. It's like the Serie A all of a sudden is is the underdog competition. 
we don't want that. And that narrative starts to change when Napoli, when Inter, when Milan, whoever else is in the Champions League next season, when they start to consolidate themselves at that level and that becomes the norm, that's when we'll start to see this narrative shifting, which will also work in favour of drawing bigger names back to, to the league drawing big sponsorship money back to the league and drawing everything that once was at the league back to building it back to where it once was. And I think it's super important. And look, I working in the, in the industry for as long as I have now and covering it, I don't have a team. I don't follow a team. I'm not a fan of a club. What I am though is certainly for the growth of Italian football. So it doesn't matter which Italian club it is playing European football. I support I do support the Italian national team. I can say that very openly, but that is very different. I find the national team. I find that at club level, though, I have this support across the board because I know from my work and what I do, it is very, very beneficial to the continual growth and resurrection of Italian football. If Inter do well, that benefits Milan. If Milan do well, that benefits Juventus. If Juventus do well, that benefits Napoli and so on and so forth. And it's just really, really important that the league are performing on all fronts across the board as one. And I'm certainly doing as much as I can from my small role within football and in broadcast television to ensure that I'm helping that continual growth as well. Yeah, expertly said. And, you know, like you've said, it's all about the collective of Italian football getting back to where it once was. You mentioned that in the glory days, there were those big teams that were competing at massive levels. Do you think with Kvaratskeli and Osserman, their presence at this Napoli side in the form they're in, does that class, the world-class, rub off onto other Italian players? They've got Gaetano, Zanoli, Zerbin, and Gaeta, you know, we've got Raspadori there as well. That's what I think used to happen was you'd have your Van Bustens, you'd have your Batistutas, and that world class would rub off onto other Italian players that train with them day in, day out. They get to see what they do during the day when they're not at the club. Uh, they get to learn from them, study them. You know, your Maradonas, we had all the big names. And, we was, you know, now Kvadatskeli and Osman have become those big names once again. Can that also play a factor where we've got these very, very talented players at the probably top of the list now, you could say. Victor Osman with um, Erling Haaland as well, the other top striker in Europe at this point. But what Scalia, no one besides Kylian Mbappe plays like him at this point. Do they rub off onto some of the younger Italian players that are still in this Napoli squad? And should that be a factor at your Inters, Juventuses and Milans and other clubs as well? Lazio, Roma. Definitely for me. Absolutely, definitely. And again, it's this is where I say it benefits everyone and everyone involved across the board. Because if you are a young Italian player, we talk about the lack of development when we were discussing the national team earlier. If you're a young Italian player at Napoli playing with players of that quality, you are training with them day in, day out, you are learning from them day in, day out, you are guaranteed to become a better player as a result of that experience. If you are not fortunate to be playing with those players, but you are in the competition and you are playing against that quality of player, you are guaranteed to become better based on the higher level of competition. This is where you cannot just look at it with, I'm a fan of this club or that club. It is beneficial to the league if we are attracting bigger names. If Serie A are not attracting money, if they're not attracting marketing, if they're not attracting growth, 
These names do not come, which impacts on-field performances. On-field performances aren't great. That impacts our youth to develop. If our youth aren't developing, we're missing a third straight World Cup. It is all a big, big, one big bowl where everyone's in together, everyone supports and has their own interests. We know that, but at the end of the day, we're all eating from that same bowl and we all need to be heading in the same direction. And for me, the Napoli story is a beautiful one. There's already been a number of reports here in Italy about obviously the reported interest in Osimhen and Kvaratskhelia, particularly in Kim as well. But a lot of those reports go on to say that Napoli, off the back of their success this season, are more than happy to pay a lot more than being offered to keep these players. From all reports, these players are very, very happy with life in Naples. They're really happy with life at the club. And yes, I'm sure it's inevitable both those two players will leave at some point in their careers. But if Italy can start now to again regain its presence and strength as a superpower in football and not turn into a feeder league, which I do fear is the direction it's heading in at this point in time, this is going to be a massive step for Italian football across the board to get itself back amongst the the very best. And the more success that comes in Europe, the more the world watches. We have history, we have culture, we have tradition here that cannot be bought from other leagues in the world. And I still think we are number one in the world when it comes to history and tradition. Yes, Spain, Real Madrid, Barcelona, I get that. But in Italy, there are seven big, big, big time clubs, even eight, nine, if you go into some clubs that maybe aren't at the same level as they once were. We have a lot of that here and that can never be taken, but we cannot live off that forever. And that's where we need to really find that balance. And I think these performances that we've seen this season is a good step in the right direction. But consolidation is going to be key now going forward. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's it's all about whether they can hold on to the talent once they reach the the apex of at least Serie A football and UEFA club competition. Kvaratskhelia and Osserman rubbing off onto the other Italian players at Napoli at this point. It's beautiful to see. Let's hope that they, they don't leave because we've got a leg of football trip at the end of the season to Naples and we don't want a sale of Kvaratskhelia or Osserman you know, becoming a downer on our trip there. So um, be, they'll be around there. No, no worries at all. At the end of the season, if they can win a third Scudetto, we'll see what happens there. It's all about that collective of, of Serie A clubs doing well in Europe. We've seen that from other broadcasters in other European countries, mm-hmm. Germany, Spain, and England, especially what the Italian football broadcast refers to as the Prem faces that come together and say, oh, well, Deserbi's a rubbish coach because he coached at Sassuolo. or who's he? And now he's, he's coming over here. What's he going to do? Maybe he just got on Google and Googled who Brighton and Hove Albion are. Um, and, you know, that, some ridiculous comments there. Let's hope the collective gets even stronger. Let's hope some of these big names stay at these clubs because Napoli bankrupt, you know, yeah. back in 2004. And look where they are now through a series of really good purchases and being patient. They've been the bridesmaid so many times. Another name that's been in the press lately, Antonio Conte. He's left Tottenham now and all the jokes around Twitter, Conte, Partido. (laughs) Uh, Where do you see him going? Because there's a good article by Emmett Gates recently about where can he go? He burns his bridges. Could you see him coming back to Italy? And what club would he come back to considering not many of them are going to spend? He likes to spend big. He complains that he doesn't have enough money in the kitty for big purchases. 
only really Chelsea, your um, Man Cities, your Real Madrids. You know, could he take over from Carlo Ancelotti in Spain? Where can you see him going? This is very tough. For me, I think there are only a handful of clubs and a lot of it will depend on what he wants to do with his salary because obviously the salary he's getting in England, he cannot get in Italy. That's just not going to happen. There is a lot of talk, obviously, about his personal situation. His health hasn't been great this year, that he would like to return to Italy. And look, I think, like anyone, I think at the end of the day, health, family, loved ones around you are more important than than the finances. And I'm I'm fairly confident if Conte wants to continue that they could reach an agreement financially that would satisfy him here in Italy. But if he was to return here in Italy, where would it be? Because... Does he go back to Juventus or Inter? No, no, not for me. Would AC Milan be a possible option if Pioli were to move on? Perhaps, but financially, I just don't see it. Same goes with Roman Mourinho. I think there's the, the one option that probably hasn't been discussed that much that I've seen in, in reports that certainly would have the funds that may be of interest would be Paris Saint-Germain, and that's coming from... Just uh, no, 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 no base, no nothing, just some speculation there. The PSG, <laughs> it's always speculation. Well, PSG would certainly have to be one that will, look, Gautier will definitely be moving on. There's no doubt about that. It's been, unfortunately, another failure of a campaign by Paris Saint-Germain, who are desperate to win that Champions League, but have got nowhere near it again this season. So Conte there, would it be an interesting project? We know he lasts a couple of years, two, three years at each place. Maybe make the most of the last year of Messi if he is to extend what happens with Mbappe, what happens with Neymar. Maybe that's one. But look, ultimately, I think he will return. I just get the feeling he will return to Italy. And which club? It's just too difficult to tell. It's really too difficult to tell. The national team has been rumoured as well. But again, I I don't know what the national team exactly are trying to do on the pitch. If they are to bring Conte back off the pitch, I, I've got no idea. It's one of life's great mysteries at the moment for Conte. But look, I, I've always been a big... I've always been an admirer of Conte. I just his passion, his enthusiasm. Yes, sometimes he goes a bit too far, but he loves the game as much as anyone. He's brought the very, very, very best out of some squads which I didn't think were capable of being that good. I mainly think of the the Italy squad at Euro 2016, which he, he could have and should have done a lot more with. But look, at the end of the day, this is a man who's passionate about what he does. He loves it as much as anyone. And I'd love to see him back in a job uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, remarkable player. Back in his playing days and, you know, he loves opulence in his squads as a coach. He's a, a solid coach as well, as you said. You can't see him coming back to a club like Cremonese or Sampdoria. I heard that they might be looking, so... <laughs> I think everyone. I think everyone can dream. Everyone can. Yeah, dream. everyone can dream. I guess uh, football manager players uh, can bring him into Samp at the moment. Maybe you can partner Dan Stankovic there. Samp with their first win in quite a while, uh, yes. just before the break. So some hope there. Hopefully, some hope there. I, I was I was at Sampdoria a few weeks ago. I had an interview with Harry Winks uh, with BT Sport. My English broadcast I work with and really great people down there. Winks, lovely, lovely guy and and the club, just really great people. A lot of people have been at that club for, for many, many years and I just, look, obviously clubs have to go down. Just Sampdoria for all the history and, and just the people I met there, I really hope it's not them, but obviously it's going to be a very tough task in these remaining rounds. 
so tough. Harry Winks has been sensational since he's come back from injury. Well, done a couple of Sump games and he has been the best midfielder by far in that Sampdoria midfield. Um, and, you know, he, the, the pass he put through to, to Yesse, put it through for Alessandro Zanoli's first goal in Serie A football to win the game, put the game to bed against Verona. Sensational. He is class. I'm probably uh, seeing the last of him in Serie A because he'll probably go back to Tottenham next season. He's on loan. Uh, but, yeah, Sampdoria, great club. That history. It would be a shame to see them go down and Genoa come up and we miss out on another derby there in Genoa. It's another thing that we should take a look at here is who's coming up from Serie B, Frosinone leading by six points. Genoa in second position. For those that don't know, the first two automatically go up to Serie A and then there's a playoff between third and eighth for the, for the third and final spot to go up. There's three teams that come down from Serie A. Sud Tirol, another name there, but Frosinone for me are probably the favourite now, six points ahead of Genoa with only eight games to go. Sud Tirol, a, a great story in itself, but Frosinone is certainly looking good, obviously had that defeat against Cosenza before the break there, but it's, it looks, Serie B second division across European football, it's always so tight and so tough. And obviously, only one point for Frosinone from the last couple. Genoa really building. Obviously, they had that coaching change. Was it just after the World Cup? Yeah, Giladino. Giladino came in. So Genoa really playing some good football. And again, when I was at Sampdoria, that's their biggest fear. But they said they go down and Genoa come up. It, it's not it's not what they want. They they want to be playing against Genoa, but they certainly don't want the feeling of going down when Genoa come up. So from Sampdoria's perspective, things are not going well at all because Genoa looking very, very good. They're defensively just so strong and have been a really good team this season. They've got the best home defensive record in the competition. Only six goals conceded in their 15 matches at home. That's incredible. So, Amazing, but look at all the quality of the teams there. Serie B, I don't cover it as much as you, obviously, but Serie B, just so many big, big clubs there, especially in the running for the playoff spots. Palermo, Parma, Cagliari, Bari, Regina, just so many big clubs coming through, and and it's going to be tough. And you look down the other end of the table as well, and always keeping an eye on that. The likes of Spal and Brescia risking relegation to the third division it's uh, it's a long way back from there so it's going to be a nice end to the campaign but I think look Frosinone in general from what we've seen so far probably going to be uh, welcomed back into the top flight next season you can't see Suterol and Bardi quite catching them they're uh, well Suterol's five points behind Genoa and Bardi a point behind Suterol but Suterol the glory story of this season coming up from the third division getting to Amazing. third place at this point and under Bisley the coach there and his son playing for Brescia in 20th who would have thought uh, Bardi owned by uh, De Laurentiis the Napoli owner they're doing quite well as well they came up from the third division last season as well Pisa there Cagliari who got relegated Venezia who got, who got relegated also with Cagliari last season in the playout zone at the moment it's incredible big game coming up is Palermo and Parma this weekend. And Adriano, all the ex-World Cup stars of 2006 that were coaching in Serie B, Grosso coaches Frosinone, Giladino with Genoa now. We saw Cannavaro at Benevento, Pippo, Super Pippo with Regina. They were top of the table for quite some time, but they have lost so many now that I think his job's on the line. But what a league, Como as well. They're one of the, uh, you know, sentimental favourites from years ago. 
Cesc uh, Fabregas playing there. So, so much happening in Serie B. Thanks for your take on that. Also with Serie G, some of the old names at Ejana look like they're coming back up. Catanzaro have been promoted. So big things happening in the lower divisions. Hopefully some of that Italian flesh and blood, the youth coming through are going to sort of melt up into, you know, and boil up into the upper echelons of Serie A at some point. Uh, we'll see how plan. that goes. Got to be the plan. It's got to be the plan. So with that, I think we'll wrap the show up. We thank you so much for joining us, Adriano. One of the best broadcasters in the business. Uh, where are you off to next? Thank you, mate. Always a pleasure. Where am I off to next? Look, obviously, it's a couple more days before Serie A returns, but I've got the big one this weekend, Napoli-Milan at the Maradona, and that's going to be a, a big, big, big match. So always always good atmosphere when those two teams meet, and obviously it will be the first of three Napoli-Milan matches I do in the next couple of weeks with the quarterfinals of the Champions League to come as well. It is. That is going to be spectacular. I'm also on those three matches. Also, another big one is Inter and Fiorentina this weekend we've got Juventus Verona so some you know there, there could be a bit of tinkering with the table this week and we'll see if Atalanta can come back they've got you know a cellar dwellers Cremonese Napoli Milan the big one Sampdoria can they get something against Roma I'm not sure that they can at the Olimpico Spezia Salernitana six point playoff there you'd think to, to ensure who's going to stay up and who's going to go down we'll see if Lazio can get up over at the Brianteo against Monza and continue to keep second place. And then, of course, we've got Serie A on the Monday. Empoli, Lecce, Sassuolo, Torino. Adriano, we thank you. Thank you for taking an hour out of your time or a little bit more. Sorry to rob you of some of that time. <laughs> Enjoy your, your lunch. Buon pranzo. And let's That's talk it. soon. Pleasure as always. We'll do it again soon. You can see all Adriano's tweets at Adrian Del Monte on Twitter. You can find me at David Faridi underscore at Lega Football for the Lega Football Twitter page. Ci sentiamo. This is Lega Football.